0: Thank you for listening to Teaching Artistry with Courtney J Body. This is episode 42, Nini Chen, Building and Strengthening Bridges, recorded March 13th, 2021.
1: It started up now.
2: Hey, hey, TA podients. Thanks for listening and thanks for being a part of our global community. Invite your peeps and colleagues and friends to join our community and subscribe on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, or any podcast player. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And we also have a pod shop, so get yourself a tank top or uh, a crew neck, a v neck a cozy hoodie. I like the tote bag. I also like the mug. Go to teachingarsri.org/podshop. The Teaching Arshri podcast uh, podcast is also sponsored by Statements from the Soul, created by Miss Hillary Shabaz. Miss Shabaz it has been a beautiful soul who has swept into my life recently and she makes clothes jewelry, and more inspired by her African and Caribbean heritage. Most recently, she's been um, speaking of being inspired by her grandmother who really supported her artistry in a new collection called the Divine Grandmother Collection. So check out Statements from the Soul on Etsy. I talk about this a little bit, but I'm gonna, I, 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 I got a new thing. Uh, in partnership with Creative Generation, the podcast produced two video series last year. Check them out on our YouTube channel. Recently, Creative Generation published, uh, released a publication called Where Do We Go From Here? This is a reflection on learnings based on the video series, We Can't Go Back, which is 20 episodes focused on anti-racism in the arts and culture field. This piece was written by producer Andre Solomon, and you can find this publication at creative-generation.org publications. It's May, y'all. And this is Asian American Pacific Islander Heritage Month. Celebrating AAPI culture and heritage and contributions in America. How are you celebrating? We live in a both and world. And so this is also an opportunity to continue to address clear and present anti-Asian sentiment and hate crimes in this country. In a previous episode, I touched on this last part. Our AAPI community and individuals should be able to feel liberated and free um, and not scared from violence or being perpetrated against them, which we continue to strive for for everyone, especially those of us um, who identify as of color or under the BIPOC umbrella, um, LGBTQIA, women, children, and more. So, Yes, let's celebrate the rich traditions and culture of the AAPI community, but let's also honor and protect each other together. Our first guest, uh, not our first, it's not our first. Our guest for this episode is Nani Chen, founder of Nani Chen Dance Company. The dance company creates innovative dances that reflect the hope and energy that propels the immigrants' journey. Nani Chen has been making dances that bridge the richness of Asian art and the dynamic spirit of American dance for over 30 years. This is a, the first interview in a three-part series featuring award recipients from our partner, Association of Teaching Artists. Nani received the 2020 Distinguished Distinguished Service to the Field Award. Um, this is based on her long ter- uh, tenure as an arts educator, um, which has shown uh, a demonstration of history of impact in the field, as well as in dance teaching artistry across the tri-state area. I really enjoyed getting to know more about Nani's journey as a child, uh, into uh, becoming a professional dancer, and more about her dance company and its inner workings. Here is episode Hello, 42, Nani, Nani Chen, podcast. Building and Strengthening Thank you, bridges. great to be
3: here. <laughs> um,
2: so, I'm excited uh, to get to know you better. Um, uh, as I was saying earlier, before we started recording, um, this podcast celebrates artists, culture, and equity and i'm excited to learn more about your journey in the arts um, and in community work um, as well as anything that you want to talk about in terms of inclusionary practices liberatory practices anti-racism and that kind of thing um how we we are meeting is because you were awarded uh, a beautiful award from association of teaching artists last year um you received the distinguished service to the Field Award for your work uh, as an artist educator. Um, and, and I was, a, you know, the, the podcast was a part of that ceremony, and it was really great to learn a little bit about you from that. But this is our opportunity to learn deeper about who you are. So before we get started into all of that, I'm just h- hoping to learn a little bit about how you are doing in this moment, how your loved ones are doing. Um, how's everybody?
3: Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm doing fine, and I'm talking with you from the land of Mansi Lanate people, also known as Northern New Jersey. Uh, My husband and I are spending more time together uh, than ever during the pandemic. Each day, our dining table, there are always a lot of conversations and discussions about what is happening the politics, education, what is justice. What is the value of the existence of a guest company and how to sustain and progress? We are thankful that we are in good health.
2: Mm, that's wonderful. Nice to hear about um, your dynamics with your family and these types of conversations as well. Um, so what is the name of your company and how do you identify as an artist?
3: Uh, I established my company in 1988, and uh, it is a 90 Dance company. Uh, I identify myself as an Asian-American choreographer, dancer, and a dance educator.
2: Excellent. Um, and what would you, what is the mission of your dance company?
3: Well. Um, well, as I said, the company was established in 1988, and it has been over 30 years now. Uh, if, you, you know, if you talk about my best career today, it really has a lot to do, of course, with the foundation that I set up in my motherland, Taiwan. Um, so all those are affecting me and then to, uh, you know, make it who I am today. And after I moved to this country over, I would say, 1982, right? So I spent more time in this country now than in my homeland. Wow. Um, you know, what's happening around, you know, is really have a deep, uh, deep effect uh, effect in my, um, the mission of the company. Uh, we're doing so many different things. You know, it's, it's these very full varieties. Uh, you know, I'm a choreographer, so I create. Uh, you know, by, of course, using my roots as foundation, which is the Asian culture. But also, I, you know, I'm greatly influenced by my surroundings. You know, my I'm making America my home now. Mm. And then what's happening here, what I see every day, uh, like what we're witnessing today, you know, what's going on in the society, the justice, the equity, you know, the racial uh, equality, you know, everything. It can affect the choreographer and the dance educator and to make our mission is even very, very clear. Uh, We are the one here who has responsibility to educate the public, you know, to give our message across. So we are always uh, trying to be the bridge to uh, promote the cultural understanding between cultures. Mm. uh to make it at the ball of a world with harmony i always say
2: um yeah so i you know the the um, there's a lot to unpack from what you just said um but i i'm curious about your experience prior to coming to the to the uh, states or america um as a child how how you know what what was your upbringing? Um, how are you engaged in the arts um, as you were growing up? Uh,
3: yes, this question would bring me back to uh, a long time ago. Uh, I, you know, I was uh, um, a child. You know, growing up in Taiwan, uh, I was trained to become a professional dancer, mm. uh, and uh, I began my first training though uh, in Chinese folk dance when I was four years old. Uh, But then later on, really, really took it seriously. I decided to become a professional dancer. So I entered the Chinese Culture University at age 14 to be trained to become a professional dancer. Uh, But other than, you know, intensive training at school, uh, as a young dancer, I also uh, got opportunity to teach in the K-12 setting. You know, at that time, um, dance competition in the public school is very popular somehow. You know, those competitions were held by the, uh, the government and to promote uh, dance as a, a physical uh, activities. you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, as a young dancer, also got opportunity to get the side job, uh, you know, to teach in the K-12 setting. I guess that's how it became, uh, you know, my career building became not just a dancer, but also a teaching artist.
2: Right.
3: Uh Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, I have done such a wide range of work in the dance field, you know. So right now, I'm the artistic director of my dance company. I work with professional dancers, uh, making high-quality programs to tour around the world, uh, but never stopped doing our assembly program. Uh, and also go to school to teach children. I think that all all have a lot to do with my upbringing uh, when I was a child. Yeah.
2: yeah. So I'm I'm always curious because I I I, um, I know folks who when they were quite young they were they were on this track towards being a professional artist in some way. For you, a dancer. Um, somebody. One of my friends is. Was a like a prodigy and a professional musician, and I I always wonder about, um, like what's happening behind this behind all of that? Meaning, did you ask like did you ask at four years old to be put into this dance class and put on that track, or was it something that your family thought, oh she has this talent? Um, like what was what was sort of the emotional journey in in getting to university, for example, so from 4 to 4 to 14.
3: Uh, yes, uh, I remember, uh, you know, this conversation, you know, even today, like I was walking home, um, you know, with my mother, and then she was, uh, she said, you know, I see you that always love to to uh, move around. When you heard music, you would be like dancing to the rhythm. Uh, would you like to dance? With, uh, would you like to, to go to a dance lesson?" And then I was jumping up and down. I was so happy. Uh, at that time, you know, I was a firstborn, you know, child. I have other three siblings in my family. Mm-hmm. Um, and the dance, it was not like a career, you know? Nobody wanted your, your children to become dancers if there was no such profession. And my mother's uh, idea was to have my firstborn, my daughter, to grow up, to have nice posture, to be beautiful. So let me put her in the dance class. And that's how it all began. Uh, But, you know, I'm the person with such a, you know, personality, you know, being the first one, uh, the oldest daughter in the family. Certainly with the traditional value, uh, you know, I need to set up an example for my other siblings, younger siblings. -hmm. Which is, if I do something, I have to take it seriously and I have to be very, very good at it. Mm -hmm. So that was the first thing that I learned, you know. Uh, So I took it very seriously. And uh, but I also have great passion for dance. Uh, So I think ever since, you know, I just never stopped and then wanted to become a professional dancer one day, although I didn't know what that meant, you know, at that time.
2: Yeah. And I love what you talked about earlier about how teaching was a natural outset of learning dance and that that um, the idea of being able to work with younger kids or within the school system in dance while you were also learning sort of set the, the foundation for what you ended up doing. Oh. Once you, you made your own company. Um, yeah. So I, I'm curious, like what about your siblings? Are they in the arts at all?
3: Uh, I am the only one, you know, my father was a dentist, my mother, uh, she was an elementary school teacher, and my brother is, a, a, well, all my sister and brothers are medical doctors, so I am the only one <laughs> in the arts uh, in this field, so I'm kind of a loner, yeah.
2: <laughs> oh, I think that that's good that you set your own path, and, and and I, ma- I imagine just going back to the thing that you said around like setting an example for your siblings, like you did set an example, it may not have been the same exact path, but look, look at what they've accomplished too. So it seems like a, a really, um, uh, uh, as, a, as, a, as the responsible uh, older eldest sibling, like you really did set a good example for them to be able to pursue something that was of interest to them and to do something that could lead to success
3: yeah i believe you know it doesn't matter what you do you know uh, especially in the arts field uh, we have such a sense of responsibility responsibility and mission that we are uh, born to uh you know everyone has a mission i think you know we are we landed on this earth then each one doesn't matter what we do you know especially being an artist we can use uh for me for example uh Dance is a tool, you know. It's a tool for me to express myself mm-hmm. and to get my message across. So, um, yeah, I think responsibility to me is is a very important. A starting point. Yeah.
2: Well, that I think that provides a nice segue, actually. That I, idea, like, what are what are some of the messages that you're trying to get out there through your work? So, what? So you said that you started um your company in 1986 or sorry 88
3: yes which sorry which one yeah 1988
2: yeah, right. yeah. um and so you, you moved to the states in 82 what was what was sort of happening in between the two uh arriving here and and then starting your company
3: uh well i came as a young guy so I actually you know what i can talk about what made me want to come to this country beautiful uh, when I was in Taiwan, uh, I mentioned about I was a dance major in, uh, in college. Mm-hmm. Actually, I went to school really, really young, you know. My mother put me in the first grade when I was four years old. Uh, just at that time, she's an elementary school teacher, so she's able to put me to the school, you know, uh, younger, uh, two years younger than everybody else. Uh, so this way it's easier to take care of other two siblings because I have two other sisters came after me, you know. Um, and uh, um, so uh, so like growing up in Taiwan, uh, you know, so in, when I was a teenager, you know, got into the dancing major, I was only 14 years old. Uh, so as I said before, uh, other than being you know, in intensive training to become a dancer, I also got opportunity to to teach uh, outside of school. Uh, I also got chance to dance with professional dance companies uh, when I was 16. Uh, So the name of that company is called the Cloud Gate Dance Theater. And now this company has become a world uh, renowned, international renowned dance company now, a modern dance company in Taiwan so i think my uh my teenage years always it's like re- really interlaced with many different things you know being a dancer being a teacher being a, a professional dancer all at the same time um i think that really broadened my view as a, as, as a not only a dancer but also as a a, a, a human being you know like a young human being how can I embrace so many responsibilities and, and then to look at things from a wider lens? Um, so when I came to America, actually uh, to go back to that a little bit. So then later I got into a uh, international touring company when I was only 18 uh, representing the government to tour America and to tour uh, South America, Central America, and Northern America. And that's when I got the chance to see how much this country can offer me, Mm. you know, to pursue my dream to become a better, a better artist. So I decided to come here. Mm. So as soon as I finished college in 1982, I immediately moved to New York. Uh, I went to New York University to further my uh, training and studying to become a, uh, you know, choreographer and dance educator. So I went to NYU. Uh, I got my master's degree in dance and dance education. Hmm. And after that, uh, you know, of course, I spent a few years dancing in New York professionally. Uh, I guess also e- even in the Broadway musical, The King and I, you know, so, so I kind of tried to reach out to many different uh, realms, you know, to to get more experience. Um, and then I really feel that, you know, how... You know, how, who am I? You know, you kind of close the door to have uh, introspection. You kind of look into yourself to ask your question. uh, Who am I? And what do I want to do? And what's my connection with this new country that a new home, you know, that I just uh, moved in. You know, I started to take America as my new home now. And what's my role here? And that's when I decided to start my own company. Uh, so this way I can really commit myself to uh, this sense of, um, again, responsibility. And who am I? What can I do to contribute to the society here? So I began the company in 1988. And then I, my journey began, you know, uh, you know company started so many different activities. We established our first assembly performance program called the Art of Chinese Dance. Mm. And I took that program to thousands of schools uh, in the tri-state area. We uh, see like so many audiences and children's each year. And it has been a great experience and I learned so much from it. Uh, we also established uh, you know, a great concert program to tour around the country even go abroad uh, the residency education program would take the uh, education program to different settings, you know, K to 12 seconds mostly. Uh, so the journey began, you know, my company began 1988 and that's how uh, my life has, you know, been, you know, centered around it, you know, 24 hours almost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. And so, so in the company, how many, how many dance, like, do you have one dance? How does it work? Do okay. you have dancers and teaching a separate, or is it all all one community?
3: Sure. Uh, what my company is very interesting. I have, like, right now, for example, I have uh, seven more sort of full time dancers. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very diverse. You know, maybe people think about my name. Okay, Nany Chen. Okay, you must have just all Asian American dancers, but that's not true. Uh, if you look at our company profile, you will see uh, right now I have uh, one, two, three, four, eight, four African American dancers, and there's three, one to three Asian American dancers, and one uh, dancer from Italy. Okay, so it's very, very diverse with the cultural background and ethnic backgrounds as well. Um, and the dancers in the company, they come in, they in order, I, I I really feel that artists need to be, just very uh embrace. You have to embrace, you know, embrace embrace all different kinds of uh, uh, uh how would we'll say like uh, roles. You know, just like myself. Uh, I am a teacher. I'm a dancer. I'm a choreographer. I see my dancers. They're ready to receive the challenge as well. Uh, they come in as a dancer, but they also need to be trained to become a teaching artist. So I send them out to teach and uh, take responsibility in different uh, educational settings. And uh, I think the key reason I do that is because, I mean, instead instead of hiring separate people to Mm -hmm. teach for me, I like to use the court members. It's because we have a style, the company has a, Uh, how you say, aesthetically, we have established a certain style Mm -hmm. and we have a mission. So when you are fully engaged in the company and doing the work uh, as a dancer, then you understand the uh, artistic view uh, behind it. Mm -hmm. And when you go out with this mission and this artistry uh, to deliver that to school, to children or to the public, that is a one whole experience, right. yeah. So that's why I'm using. I tend to use the same group of people to do different, uh, uh, different perform different roles. Yeah.
1: yeah,
2: that's wonderful. And so, what what are um, you said you know that you have a a certain aesthetic. How would you describe that aesthetic? Um, and my other question is about yeah the the company. Um, the way that you work so what is the what are some of the strategies or mechanisms or ways that you uh, tend to work t- collectively
3: um well as a well, asian american choreographer um uh, well one of the biggest missions for us is to promote the understanding between cultures uh, i think the reason i moved to this country just like so many other immigrant uh, artists uh, we want to um, not only to learn, you know, to learn and to receive more information here, but also to contribute, you know. Because uh, I come here with a lot of, uh, uh, I would say, a lot of cultural and uh, and then aesthetics, you know, background, which is different, you know, is from the from the a- a- Asian, you know, cultural background. And, and this country is, uh, uh, it's very uh, inclusive, it supposedly. You know, very inclusive, and that's how we all. Although today we're talking about this, you know, this has become a very big topic right now. There's a lot of conflict, and that I see this country be more divided than ever uh, in the forty years I've been here. Uh, but originally when I had the dream, American dream, you know, to come here is because I think this country is very uh, inclusive, it's embracing uh, a diversity, you know, and people come from different parts of the world can contribute, you know, to this like a big pot, you know. Um, so I, I have always wanted to, uh, to have this cross-cultural experience and through dance, to introduce uh, that idea to the viewer, to the audience, and to promote understanding. I think that's the the biggest thing, you know. Uh, Just give you an example, when we uh, perform our program, The Art of Chinese Dance, in schools, uh, very often I see the children, they have no idea, you know, in the beginning they have really had no idea. Uh, sometimes they would giggle, you know, when they see us wearing traditional costumes standing on stage, appear in front of them, they may giggle or some naughty one maybe even make funny face and they try to make a noise, you know, to intimidate you. But as soon as we perform the first dance, the ribbon dance, people all got quiet, you know, so quiet. And they're so attentive. Mm-hmm. And after the show, usually is that naughty one will come to us to offer help, you know, to offer help for uh, you know to us to help us to load out. Mm-hmm. So I think that's transformation. Uh the performance becomes a trans more uh, how you say transformational experience mm-hmm. for the audience. And that's what I really want.
1: Yeah.
2: So there's something I'm gonna come back to this later because I, I still want to ask a, another question about the, the dancers. Um. Uh, but there's something about the melting pot, and diversity right. um, that we should we should loop back to. But yeah. um, the. So so you have I'm, I'm looking I'm looking on your on your website and seeing these beautiful dancers and and um, right. their bios and and so the different cultures, like you talked earlier about intersections, right? Intersectionality, we identify, we have a lot of different identities, a lot of different roles that live in one human, human, and then bringing that to a collective such as your, your dance company. Um, So how, how are the dancers feeding into um, the, the aesthetic? and um, how are you all working together to design the curriculum that you're sending uh, or implementing with the students in their
3: classrooms? After moving to this country, of course, and then being working in the educational setting, I realized that how, uh, what the problem is, you know, in, in the educational setting. Uh, it's, uh, you know, a big part is missing you know in the in the curriculum Mm -hmm. yeah in the curriculum is still very eurocentric uh you know it it eurocentric the art and then the history is like dominating the whole entire curriculum uh it's very rare for for the school system to cover uh like other culture you know, or the imi- immigra- immigrant story, you know, it, it's not really often uh, been talked about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and being an Asian American choreographer and artist and, and teacher, uh, especially, I feel that part is, is missing. Right. So, um, so when we set up our program, of course, usually the school asks us to do our presentation uh, is focused on the Asian American Heritage Month or the Lunar New Year. You know, Lunar New Year is like the biggest thing. Uh, that's when we get most of the work, you know. And uh, so when we go to the uh, educational setting during those times, of course, we will help to develop a uh, study guide to provide information which is missing mm-hmm. in, in the school system, in the curriculum. So we work with partner schools to build this uh, study guide uh, to uh, provide more of informative uh, experience for for the children. So not only they're just taking the lesson with us or seeing a performance, they also get the background uh, study to understand more. And uh, to go to uh, the, the diverse company member, yes, they all contribute to Uh, to the company a great deal. Uh, And, uh, you know, by working with dancers from different cultural background, I felt myself become a better human being uh, because with this experience, I can get to know uh, that how important it is, uh, like how, how, how much different, okay? First of all, you learn the difference, okay? The difference between each other. And then you learn about the common ground, you know. We all have a lot in common. And for us, first of all, we have passion in the arts. That's how we all get together. And also, we all have this uh, uh, passion to connect, you know, to bring people together. And we love our students. We love our audience. And that passion and love can be transferred to them and the feeling it direct have a direct impact right. to the viewers and to the people who we see our energy you know and then i can feel that uh, back and forth right away and through this communication whether it's when you're performing on stage or you're in a studio teaching the kids um that direct response back and forth i think we get a lot of knowledge you know and from that experience and make us a better human being So so I feel like working with the dancers from different countries really enrich me, you know, and made make me a better human being, have a more of a global idea of what Mm -hmm. we are and where we are and who we are. Uh, If I were still in Taiwan, I feel that maybe myself would be just like, have a narrower view, you know, Mm -hmm. as opposed to now I am really a globalized person. because I'm here where I am and the who I'm working
2: with. Um, I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, as you were talking, I was thinking about a study that my, my institution um, uh, did that was an impact research study around the what is the impact of young people watching perf- uh, performing arts on stage? and being uh, working directly with artists in their own create uh, in their own spaces creatively. Um, and we have a lot of good findings that we're working on on sharing more widely. But one of the things that I wanted to just touch back on what you said is that, you know, you know, initially, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go large and then come back to the performance itself and yeah. the audience when they first see you all on those traditional costumes, right, right. Um, so the idea of that worldview that you're talking about, that from, from your experience, being able to work uh, cross-curricularly or with um, folks, uh, dancers who have different kinds of um, heritage backgrounds, experiences, that, that together by learning about each other's experiences, each other's cultures, that we see those differences and those commonalities and the tapestry that that can create and how that experience of of creating that ensemble pours into the the content or uh or the programming that you have whether it's directly teaching kids or performing for any any audience right um and and young audiences specifically so that all of that experience the audience is watching the audience engaging with the uh, directly with the the dance company that that's helping them to expand their view because what they all they know is what's in their neighborhood right maybe and and this experience has has, has opened that blinder up a little bit further and further and hopefully with the content that you divide you provide for the teachers with that historic, uh, that informational piece that continues to expand. That's one thing. But I also wanted to tie that idea back to, um. Back to what you were talking about, like you know you've been here for over forty years feel like this country was very much a place for like that you know people could thrive um from from wherever they came but one of the things that we're we we and i'm saying the collective we we tend to gloss over is that yeah you can you can make it here if you assimilate right if you don't if you say you know i came from one place or i have this one way you know this cultural way of Eating or or uh, you know interacting or speaking or whatever it may be, and if you're in America, you have to actually go towards the dominant culture. Whereas in this com- in this country, that is Eurocentric, regardless of whether you actually come from that <laughs> that, right. that area or not, right? And so that's inherent in our systems, in our um, curriculum, right, in in schools, in in many places, which means that 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 there's a there's a a block. Or that there can be a block to that cross cultural uh, informational exchange that you were talking about that happens inherently in your company. Why can't that happen more widely for all of us who uh, belong to this country, right? So so I'm really interested in that that sizzliness <laughs> of what you're yeah. talking about, about like how how are you as a company, you as a choreographer, you as an Asian american um with you know very clear anchors in your own um uh uh uh, upbringing and growing up in taiwan how how has your work shifted in this last year um what are the conversations around you know inclusionary practices anti-racism practices in your work in your aesthetic and your uh, approaches to working with young people and with each other as as a company that's a that's a big question but you can you can take that yes you
3: want (laughs) sure um i think uh my company is unique uh in that uh when we are out there we are making a statement we don't have to say much you know for example when i when we perform uh, in front of the audience, or they see us, oh gosh, the company, uh, you know, they they're so so diverse. You know, the company members, they shock first of all, you know, because they hear ninety ten, okay, you must have an all Asian American dancers, but then when they see, wow, it's so diverse, uh, and then that that alone is already a statement. And then when the company member uh, perform, maybe a uh, you know, we do a variety of, of work, you know, we do also very contemporary work. Other than the traditional work, we also do very contemporary work. Uh, first, let me talk about the traditional work. When they perform the Asian style of traditional work, uh, you know, that alone is a statement as well, you know, and then during the, usually after performance, there's Q mm-hmm. and A, uh, and I prepare the dancers. I said, don't feel intimidated. You know, if people, if the children ask you a question, how come you're doing Chinese dance? And how are you going to answer, okay? And then my argument will be, if I can do ballet really well, I studied ballet, I studied modern, I studied jazz, I studied tap, why cannot, why can't a non-Asian dancer study Asian dance or even perform it really well, you know? So that would be my argument. And then, so, you know, so I I think that alone is like a, uh, like a, a statement already for for the viewer to to have that understanding or to open up their mind, you know, to accept to accept differences in us and then to respect the respect is a very important word, you know, to understand and then to respect and also then have the curiosity to learn more about it. And then to talk about the in the past year yes you know i i feel very disappointed because i i you know i'm always very proud of being america being american you know uh when i went back to taiwan to visit my family and if they are talking you know if we have this political we touch the political issue and when they when they complain about uh, American government how they you know they are like the, the big boss, you know, try to bossing around and then to intervene other country's <laughs> business, you know, in the Middle Eastern country, in other countries, you know, etc. I always feel like, you know, I, I, you know, I'm, I am American now. You know, I would like to stand up for it. For it you know, I don't want you to say bad things about it. But uh, you know, I, I kind, I have to say honestly, I feel disappointed in, in this, uh in this year you know so many things happen but i think what happened right now is not just uh it it's not just happening now it has been there for a long time mm-hmm. you know it made me understand that the problem is rooted you know and then it has been like it's like the, how you said undercurrent it's been boiling boiling a long time it just didn't rise up to the surface and now it all rise up to the surface during the pandemic you know, we had the, uh, you know, the injustice, you know, uh, situation happened again and again, and then, uh, the, you know, uh, the Black Lives Matter, you know, and it actually makes me respected, you know, respect how people can come together from all over the world to protest and then, uh, to make a loud voice and say, watch us, listen to listen to us, you know, listen to our voice, you know, we have a strong voice when we come together. Uh, I think those problems have been existing for a long, long time. It just didn't come to the surface. And now it's like, you know, boiled up because the pandemic, it could be one of the reasons. Uh, and then we feel like we are is- isolated, we are alone, or we're frustrated. And then you know problem become bigger in you know, the one after one and uh so it may be uh look at my work as well you know being an artist i had created uh i would say 15 words already during the pandemic since last march and i have uh, issues dealing with um uh the racism how you how we look at it you know at the, uh, i want to. Sh- I want to shout out, I want to uh, justify myself and then, then, you know, so with those topics, it really related, it's really relevant and related to the circumstances that we're in. Mm -hmm. So I had created 15 works about that. And I wanted to show that once we are opening up and ready to bring that, bring those words to the educational setting to tie that in to the proposal that we propose to par- uh, partner schools.
2: Right. So yeah, I think the thing the thing that uh, resonated with me when you said you know Black Lives Matter, the fact that that was a, that that particular moment last uh, summer, what was global, and there was a there was the the shift potentially because of the pandemic, potentially because of um, the way that the world was sort of. Um, leaning for several years prior to that, that led to, I think, some of the things that you talked about in terms of being disappointed, of not being addressed uh, in terms of inequities. The other thing that I I wanted just to punctuate is not only should we be listening to those voices, but we should be believing those voices. And I feel like there's been more believing because it's not as if these um, harms have not been raised before. Like you said, it's always been here, it's been rooted. But I feel like there's a change in how, how those voices are being listened to.
3: Yes, for sure. Yeah. I, yeah, I think there's awareness, you know much, much more of the awareness like uh, at least in the arts field because we are in the meetings almost every day. you know those meetings uh, it's like uh, uh, you know it, it's held by the, a lot of fun, funding organizations. Uh, educational uh, institutions uh, for all the arts, uh, the leader in the arts field for us to receive trainings and receive more understandings, you know. So it it has been going on for for some time now. And hopefully hopefully this is not temporary, you know, hopefully those uh, activities will continue.
2: Um, recently, I, we're coming, we're coming t- towards the end, so we're rounding out our conversation. But I wanted to just um, make sure I, I, I was I didn't miss this question, and it's not necessarily written in here, but it's of this ilk. Uh, sorry, of, of this topic. I wanted to ask. I'm not exactly sure how to ask this question, but um, I wanted to discuss with you your thoughts on um the the violence and the harm that's been perpetrated towards um, Asians and Asian Americans within this country based off of what's happened. Like we know that th- uh, there's a statistic that I'm not gonna get correct, but it that that um, hate crimes towards Asians yes. and, Asian, and Asian Americans have risen dramatically yes. in the last year. And how are you, you know how what conversations are you having around that? How are you thinking about that? Is any of that present in the in in some of the the work that you've been developing over the year?
3: Uh, I'm very glad that you mentioned that because um, I think the Asian American cry, uh, crime uh, hate crime, you know, it's uh, it's certainly it's there, it, that would not be mentioned uh, too much, you know, in in the uh, in the press. Uh, it, it need to really be, it really needs to be uh, talked about. Uh, uh, um, I think the educational system, that is the, the key, the key. Uh, uh, the reason that uh, the country is divided right now and then uh, there's so many, so much hatred uh, towards uh, Asian American is because of the misunderstanding. Uh, only when we promote the understanding between cultures that we can respect more of each other uh, and that have uh, compassion toward each other. Uh, that, I, I think that's such an important thing to have compassion. Mm. Uh, Asian American heritage is not being talked about much in the school system. Uh, how can I be an you know, uh, uh, Asian American artist to, to help and to fill that uh, missing part, uh, what I've been doing is to, uh, for example, just give you an example. Uh, last year, I created a work called 10 Miles, Ten Miles a Day. Uh, this piece is, is about uh, uh, Chinese railroad workers who work hard to build the transcontinental railroad. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I think that part of history is been mentioned in the history book, but not really been talked about uh, the significance of the contribution of the Chinese American. Uh, it was not been talked about much, you know? So I, I, I created the dance and then, and put that into the educational setting uh, and then work on the study guide. Mm-hmm. So as a, a choreographer and dance educator, that's just example of what I can do to, uh, Introduce that to thousands, tens of thousands of students because the piece can receive tens of thousands of students uh, to view the the work. So, I, you know, that's what I can, I I think I can do to help to promote understanding and to fill up that missing part in the school system. Um, And then about the Asian American hate crime. I think uh, we as artists, we're also spokesperson, you know. Uh, maybe we're not a very good uh, spokesperson, You know, but then we can use action, uh, yeah. use our dance to, as I said before, dance can be a transformational experience for the audience. And they use this as tool is my strength to continue to raise the issue and to promote the understanding uh, between cultures, and, uh, to just to educate the, the public. You know, I think public also general public need to be educated. It's not just children. The general public uh, also have a lot of misunderstanding uh, out there. So uh, that's why I do such a wide range of work. You know, to target from K to twelve to elderly people and even disabled children. We are we have a program. You know, to to the to uh, schools in Jersey City targeting toward uh, disabled uh, children. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I think continue with my work, uh, keep going with it. I hope one day uh, our society can be harmonious mm. as it should be, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, or we should be working towards that. I mean, one of the things, the conversations that I have had in other spaces or other platforms is around like what what does um what is liberated a liberated and racially just or culturally just world actually look like so what are we working towards to so that the point of of, of the harmony that you're talking about. Some people have said you know that that the the most um, disenfranchised, the most marginalized folks um, from their perspectives, that tends to be um, black people, people who are black trans people. Um, you know, uh, immigrants. That uh, the, that um, that there's uh, the ability to live in abundance is is the is the way. But how do we get there? Is is a is a big query for me. Nani, mm-hmm. I, mean, I really appreciate um, your time today. Is there anything else that you'd like to um, share with us as we wrap up?
3: Uh, yes, I just want to mention one more thing. Uh, I think right now this uh, whole pandemic is very uh, traumatized experience for children. And uh, uh, dance is a wonderful way to uh, bring them bring them back, you know, to enjoy life and then to have the happiness. Uh, so I, I think I'm really ready to prepare my teaching artists to uh, to give them more uh, information about uh, uh, like trauma, trauma-informed care, mm. you know, so that we are ready to go back, prepared to face all types of situations. Because I can imagine once the children get back to school after a year of isolation, uh, psychologically, you know, what, what kind of behavior we are going to experience, you know, what we're going to face. So I think as teaching artists, we need to be really prepared right. to to face the challenge Agreed. and to help to yeah. help them.
2: To help okay. and to be, you know, on that front line, on the ground with the young people. I yes. um, need thank you so much for taking the time to be with me, have this conversation. I'm really thrilled to have learned more about your work and you.
3: And um, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Bye. Bye.
0: Thank you for listening to episode 42 of Teaching Artistry with Courtney J. Body, Ni Chen, Building and Strengthening Bridges. Join us next time for a conversation with Kwame Scruggs. This podcast is edited and produced by Ben Weber. Christopher Totten is the director of creative content. Jana Waldman wrote and performed the theme song. Tim Palin designed the logo. Visit us at www.teachingartistry.org and head to the pod shop at the top of the page for merch. Twitter us at TA underscore artistry. The gram at Teaching Artistry with CJB. And now on YouTube. Check out the Teaching Artistry with Courtney J. Body channel and watch We Can't Go Back. Like our page on Facebook, listen to us on SoundCloud, subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts, and be sure to share this podcast with all the teaching artists in your life.
1: Let's start it up now!